everyone. I'm Katie Woodzik. This is the Theatrical Mustang Podcast. This is episode 53 with Chris Shea. Hey, Olena, how did this interview go? It was so much fun. We talked all about Shakespeare's Fools uh, and his show, Sup Fool, uh, runs November 8th at 8 o'clock and November 20th at 10 o'clock p.m. at the Pocket Theater in Seattle. It's a lot of fun. Check out the Facebook page. They've got some fun uh, he's got some drinking games going on with his show. Shakespeare and drinking? <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, Sup Fool on Facebook. You can uh, look it up. I'm excited Me about too. this new show, <laughs> incorporating the dialogue of all of Shakespeare's fools. Hey, everyone, I want to thank thank folks that have been donating to the podcast. You're awesome. A big thank you to Anna Den Wilder, Bonnie Stinson, Rhea Rain. Tootsie Spangles, Second Street Hair Boutique, Joanna Photography, and Eddie's on Whidbey. Thank you all for supporting the podcast. If you want to join them, you can make either a one-time donation or a recurring donation. Uh, you can find those buttons on our website, which is theatricalmustang.podbean.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. Let's enjoy episode 53 with Chris Shea. Hello, this is Olina uh, recording today's podcast with Chris Shea, who has a very, very cool project he's going to talk to us about called Sup Fool. Um, Sup Fool? Sup Fool! Yeah, so I'm very excited to hear about that. Um, so Chris, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, your like mini theater bio, if you would? Sure. Sort of, just sure. Uh, context. Yeah, like... <laughs> All right, so I'm, I uh, originally am from Dayton, Ohio, and I moved up to Seattle in 2008 after I was done with my acting school in California. Okay. And then um, ended up being here for a year and was like really starting to get my feet in the, in the water, uh, but I had to go home uh, back to Ohio for, for some family reasons, and I was back in Ohio for four years. While I was there, I started a theater company called Free Shakespeare, which was, you know, really, I just took the green stage model and, uh-huh. and ripped it off and then kind of made it my own back in Ohio. Um, and then I had the opportunity to move back to Seattle to work with Theater 22 when they when they started. I was in their, their first show ever, 5th of July. And, um, you know, basically, like, when I moved back to Seattle, I just kind of shut my company, Free Shakespeare, just shut it down and then... Um, you know, with, with plans to revive it at some point in time when I had more, I guess, time and energy. Because um, I got very burnt out uh-huh. after, you know, doing, basically like running a company single-handedly for four years. It, it takes its toll. <laughs> um, but then uh, Pocket, I saw the thing at Pocket Theater about the, the fringe explosion in November, and I had this idea about, um, you know, what would happen if you took all of Shakespeare's clowns and fools out of context. Like, what would you be left with? And, and can you, could you create a piece out of that? So I submitted this really weird concept to, to Clayton at the pocket, um, mm-hmm. and, and they ended up choosing me, which then I had this, uh, you know, oh shit moment. Can I, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's not a family show? Okay, go. Uh, well, you know, yeah. uh, uh, it's, a, it's a progressive family show. It's on the internet. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so yeah, I had the uh, the oblique moment uh, where it was like, oh god, I actually have to do this now. Uh-huh. Um, and so then I just started doing it to the best I could. You know, I just I pulled like just going through every play online, cutting and pasting the full characters into uh-huh. this document that 
by the time I was done was 87 pages long. And then I had to like go through all of that and kind of pick them apart and, and see what, what could work out of context, what was like completely worthless. Uh-huh. Uh, and then turned it into, I magically got this like 45 minute piece where there's, there's even, even a story. Wow. Yeah. Um, Which I wasn't sure was going to happen. I Mm -hmm. thought maybe it would be like a, maybe a series of vignettes and little small scenes, but it it turned into, uh, as I started writing it, 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 a story just kind of emerged and it, Hmm. and it's, I guess it kind of made the job simultaneously like easier and more difficult because once the story started emerging, then I had to like continue to like support that Uh story, which I think most of the time it it succeeds at. (laughs) Cool. And so how long ago did you start your initial just pulling the pieces out um, to work with? Is this... I would say maybe 10 weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I found out that I got the slot with the, the, the pocket... Um, I guess towards the end of the summer. Uh-huh. And then it was like so I probably had about, you know, 2 months to yeah. to to put it all together. Oh. It's, yeah. That's quick. Yeah. It's really yeah. quick. It's I mean, some for me especially it's like if if I don't have a really tight deadline, I yeah, just it's hard pro- to... I probably won't get it done at all. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, it's it's this has kind of forced me to yes. to just like, you know, buck up and do it. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Um, so have you always had an affinity for Shakespeare? Is that, um, your, do you feel as an actor, like that's what speaks to you the most or? Not, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, like I started, I got involved in theater, um, by way of middle school choir. I, I joined the choir in eighth grade so I could eat lunch a half hour earlier. Nice. And then from there, they were like, well, you know, I, I continued in choir in high school, and then they convinced me to do show choir and then the musical. Uh-huh. So actually, like, musical theater is where I started, and, uh-huh. and I guess you could say it's like my first love and where mm-hmm. I really cut my teeth on theater. But then um, through the years, I've, I've been had the opportunity to work with some really fantastic uh, Shakespeare professors that have uh, not only helped given me the keys to unlock the language, but also just helped instill a really great passion for for his language and uh-huh. and just and for language in general um yeah yeah it, it, and and the reason i i started like pr- producing shakespeare um was because i have no money and mm-hmm. it's free to it's produce free. yep it's uh, <laughs> you know and i always was the first person to say and still i'm the first person to say i am not a shakespeare scholar i'm not an expert you know i mean i at this point, I know more than like your average person does, but mm-hmm. I'm not. I, you know, I don't claim to be an expert about it. In fact, I most of the time claim to be a, a giant hack when it comes <laughs> to it. Uh. <laughs> There's a lot to know to be an expert. I there is. Like. How, the, how, yeah, that's and and everybody's got different yeah. opinions about things. Yeah, and and and, and, and the, the varying opinions are are all equally valid. And right. It's like there's there is no really right way to do it. Um, Definitely. I think there's a couple wrong ways to do it, but that's uh, another story. <laughs> I agree. Uh, so why Shakespeare's Fools, I guess, is the next question uh, for me. What Was that just a random sort of thought? Like, what would happen? Or um, 
were they do those characters tend to interest you more as an actor or yeah i guess i've I guess. always had an affinity for for clowns and uh-huh. like when i was a kid i you know i was like oh one day i'm going to go do the clown college that yeah. the the circus does and of course i did i never did do that but <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and when i started theater i was i played a lot more uh, character roles and, and funny characters mm-hmm. so i've always been drawn to that i'm also the youngest child so you know i would be like the the class uh-huh. clown yeah. type so yeah it's um you know and as i've as i've gotten older and learned more about you know just kind of like their the fools and the clowns and how they function in um, in the Shakespeare plays and in in like just the Elizabethan times and, in, and throughout history, it's like mm-hmm. they're the people um, that you know have the ability to speak truth to power mm-hmm. without any repercussions. Right. And there's something that's really great about that. Um, and so, because of their function in that regard, I was curious, like, so what you would get if if you pull all of this stuff out of context? And there are like there's some some really great uh, you know, just like out of context lines that yeah. you never would have known existed because, especially in a lot of productions, the fools and the clowns will get cut down significantly uh-huh. or altogether because a lot of their stuff doesn't really make a whole lot of sense right. uh, to to a modern yeah. audience. Um, but there were definitely some things that emerged from from going through all of it. Uh, you know, drinking factors in heavily. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, sex factors in pretty heavily and like, uh, you know, not very scrupulous sex, you know, um, and, and then, you know, there's like, uh, there's probably like 13 different songs that exist and in this piece we've got, I think five of them. Um, you know, and it's like, it's brand new music written by Tom Wiebe that to accompany Shakespeare's text. It's kind of fun. You know, it's like you can do anything you want with it. It's... (laughs) So what's the story that you found emerging? Um, them? We're still figuring that out. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like it's when you're working on a new piece, it's things are constantly changing, and, and yeah, um, I don't know. It, 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 it's kind of like there are these two groups of two fools uh-huh. uh, that show up somewhere. Um, I, I describe it as like a a, a waiting for Godot type world, uh-huh. um, and you know the first two lines of the play are uh, are we all met and is our whole assembly appeared and <laughs> you know of course you know I have some very talented and smart actors that were like so what are we meeting for and I was like um, awesome great question <laughs> yeah I, I don't know the answer to that and I even. Even, you know, I'm going to out myself here. I said, it doesn't matter, which I got, like, death <laughs> looks from the actors. So that was a, a good, that was a very humbling director lesson for uh-huh. me. Um, <laughs> Make a choice, any choice. Yeah, it's, yeah. so what we kind of decided on is that we're, we're, we have these fools sort of, like, showing up for some kind of festival of fools. Uh, you know, and it, it's all very loose, uh-huh. um, but it, it starts with just these... Uh, these two groups just trying to kind of like one up each other and and, oh, and uh, uh, claim like <laughs> the higher status uh-huh. in in the group and then uh, as the piece develops you, you we discover that one of the characters has some violent tendencies one of the characters is is not so big on the violence um, there's a, a romance that blooms um, and there's uh, you know one of the characters that is I think the line is uh, 
drunk since eight o'clock or something like that. You know, his eyes were set at eight in the morning or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we've got, you know, we've got a drunk, we've uh-huh. got a violent person, we have, uh, you know, a really kind of like slow witted one. Uh-huh. Um, and then, uh, I guess there's the fourth one. I don't know how to describe that, that character. <laughs> so it's four characters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was originally, um, it was originally three men or no, I'm sorry. My original intention was to get to have an ensemble of five and to have three men and two women. And then as I was casting the show, I ended up with a group of three women and one man. And then life happens and I lost an actor. So now the piece is two women and two men. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's kind of neat uh, because, you know, all of the clowns and fools were men mm-hmm. in, in the Shakespeare universe, if you will. Um, and we've just decided to leave the pronouns as they are. So, so it, it, this weird world we've created is like entirely gender neutral, cool. which is interesting, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I'm not trying to like make a statement about it. We were just like, oh, well that's kind of interesting what this does to the world. So we decided to yeah, just leave well, it that Yeah, well, and the role of the fool is often, you know, very, it can go either way. I love seeing fools played by women. Uh, investigating that and and what what that means and how that changes you know a female fool and leer can be a really interesting exploration and, yeah and what does that serve for him is it a you know replacement for cordelia or what's the yeah i think that's it's really interesting yeah well and you get the whole line at the end of leer you uh-huh. know my poor fool is hanged and yeah. it's like it's he's clearly talking about cordelia right. yeah, yeah i, I saw a production really... where they uh the same actress that played Cordelia also played the mm-hmm. fool, and I think you know that's a pretty. I love that. Yeah, yeah. But it is. It's interesting when you have a woman in the fool because of their tendency to speak the the, the truth to power. Uh-huh. Uh It gives it another like dynamic. It's another it's like, layer. Of, oh, yeah. Yeah. Get it, girl. <laughs> so, um, are are the fools in Subfool uh, directly? related to the fools that they're based on from other shows? Or are they kind of amalgamations of several fools in one? How did you kind of... It's much more the amalgamation. Okay. Yeah, I tried, um, <clears throat> I tried really hard to not have any, um, any really specific lines. Um, you know, stuff that was like really specific to the plot that it came from. Uh-huh. Um, so... Uh, there's there's a number of like Lear's fool lines that I couldn't use, right. um, and I wasn't sure how much of his stuff I was going to be able to use. I ended up finding ways to use more of it than I thought I was going to, which was cool because he's always been the fool character that has kind of fascinated me uh-huh. the most. Um, but like uh, Lancelot from Merchant of Venice, mm-hmm. you know, he's got a lot of stuff that's so specific to the Shylock plotline yeah. that we just it wouldn't serve. In, in the piece that I've created. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, and, and, if, and so you have, like, you know, each track has a combination of, you know, say, like, Touchstone from mm-hmm. As You Like It or Bottom from A Midsummer Night's Dream or some of the lesser-known clowns. It's just all kind of, like, hodgepodge. So you get, like, you really do have, um, like, fools and clowns just kind of stuffed into one character. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you get, you get shades of... of of both the fool and the clown, because like, you know, traditionally the fool is like the one who knows how witty he is mm-hmm. and is consciously making the jokes, whereas the clowns are usually the more simple rustic types mm-hmm. that 
you know, screw up the, the words, like, um, bottom or dogberry. Uh-huh. Like, yes. Know, that's a clown. Like, yes. It's, you oh know. God, dog <laughs> so painfully funny. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so we've, we've got some of those cool. in there. Yeah. Wow. Um, did you, did you find that to be particularly challenging, figuring out which, um, what fit together for each character and what to leave out? I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, this whole process has made my brain hurt Uh (laughs) in so many different ways. Um, and... Yeah, even even the, like, yeah, so, so I, was, I was putting together, it just, it was, it was tricky, because I would, you know, like, find a line, and then I'd find another line, and then that would kind of flow into it, so then I started to have this scene coming together, and then I was, like, flipping through the pages, you know, and, like, to find something that would go next, you know, once I had, once the story had started to construct itself, I had to, to honor it, uh-huh. and... So then, like, finding the right line, and oftentimes I didn't find the right line. I found a line that was like, yeah, it'll work. Uh-huh. Um, and so we, we had a pretty extensive table work process uh, with, uh-huh. with the actors to try to just make sense of it. Because it's it was pretty confusing. Because, you know, <laughs> like, I, everything, uh, like, I, it was just, if you look at the script, the characters are named 1, 2, A, and B. Uh-huh. And... But somehow, through all of that, things emerged and patterns emerged. Yeah. I, I don't know how, uh, but I'm very grateful that it did. <laughs> Have you done de- devised theater before? Is this your first venture into devised work, or is that something you um, explored before? I've explored it before, but okay. I've not quite done it on a scale of this. I, uh-huh. you know, the exploration before was, uh, you know, like. Uh, maybe like a five ten minute piece that mm-hmm. was part of a, an, an art exhibition um it was all about like shakespearean memes and <laughs> so uh this i was invited to be a part of this art exhibition and i was like uh susan the lady who curated it i was like i don't what am i gonna hang up on a wall i don't know how to, and she was like well you know think about you know memes and the language of shakespeare and that was kind of why i approached you and so then went away and I uh, was working with a really great dramaturg back in Ohio named Joanne McPortland, and she uh, compiled me uh, a list of, I guess, all the the Shakespearean linguistic memes, you know, the the words and phrases that are pretty commonplace in in our everyday usage that we may not necessarily know came from Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. So I created this this piece with those, um, but that was like, certainly there was no plot whatsoever. It was more like a spoken word jazz piece for lack Hmm. of a better word Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) uh can you explain i I don't know if devised theater is something that people are super aware of what that process is and can be can you explain a little bit how working on a devised piece is different than working on something else like a musical or a play that's already written yeah i think the biggest difference is uh Something that's already written is, yeah. is already written, whereas when, you, when you're devising it, you're literally just making it up as you go. And um, devised pieces, not going to lie, tend to have rougher edges to them, yeah. uh, especially with a, a tightened process. Um, 
and uh, but it's also very freeing because you can kind of th there are no limitations. There's there's not a, a, a preconceived structure uh -huh. that you have to work with. Um, so so you can really try different things. Yeah. Um, like with with the Supful, we we just discovered recently that there's uh, now there's magic in the show. Oh. Because. You know, it gets gets a little wonky in scene three, <laughs> and magic seemed to be the uh, the way to fix it. <laughs> Great. Yeah, you know, just harking back to the Greeks, the old yeah. Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> uh, are there uh, that seems surprising? Surprising <laughs> solution? Are there other things that kind of jumped out at you that were like, oh, that's well, let's do that uh, uh, in the process, like. Surprises. Probably, fix. probably more more than my my actors would prefer. <laughs> I was like, oh, we'll we'll just make it work. We'll just yeah, make it work. Yeah. Um, which which we are, and you know, we still at this point we still have like another week of rehearsals. Thank God. Um, and uh, and we also have like in this last week of rehearsals, we have like a bunch of rehearsals kind of back to back, mm -hmm. which we haven't had because I've been in my own show, so I've only been able to rehearse with the cast like twice a week, which is really hard to establish any kind of flow or continuity. Uh -huh. So uh, I guess for everyone out there in, in listening land, if, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm confident the show's going to be great, but I'm also, you know, there is that fear of like, oh, it could be a massive train wreck. But I don't think it's going to be. It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I, I mean, what a fantastic concept. And just the exploration is going to be fascinating to watch regardless of how successful you are at telling any specific story i think it's just such an amazing thought like to take shakespeare's characters out of context and see how they relate to each other and see how what what can be borrowed from each other i just yeah it's Thank really you. really interesting <laughs> to me um what are your goals for this project do you um, hope to take it elsewhere or is it kind of a one time or two two performance sort of situation and I think it's a piece that that could definitely be done again and be revisited um my my friends back in Dayton are like will you bring this show to Dayton that sounds uh -huh. really fun and I'm like yeah, let me let me see what I can do uh you know there's there's other um places here that I want to you know submit it to for to, to look at you know what can be done with it because because really like this is just like scratching the tip of the iceberg yeah um you know, there's probably like a lot more that could be, a lot more refining that could be done to it. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, but it's been it's been a lot of fun to work on, and I hope hope it can have a life beyond just these two nights. I think mm -hmm. it can. Yeah. Um, Has it been a pretty strong collaboration with your actors in terms of putting putting the story together and um, finding that through line, or do you feel like Yes, very much so. Um, you know, so just just the questions that they were asking me as we were like mm -hmm. table working it because I literally finished the script about an hour before our first rehearsal, <laughs> and so then um, <laughs> as we sat down and we were like going through it, they had a lot of questions for me, uh -huh. which helped me as the writer adapter to clarify or attempt to clarify the way things were going. Um, you know, as we've as we have been putting things on its feet, um, you know, we work, uh, everybody's, you know, throwing out ideas about how can we make this work or like, oh, I've got this idea for this moment, so let's mm -hmm. try this out. Um, I've got uh, one actor who has just 
given herself the nickname uh, Lisa the Line Butcher because uh, she's come at me with a bunch of cuts, which I actually have made the piece uh, much much smoother. You know, mm-hmm. just kind of streamline it, made it more efficient, trimming the fat out, mm-hmm. um, and and once once I got into cutting mode. Then it like you know it was like game on. It was like all right, well we don't need that. We don't need that. We don't need uh-huh. that. We don't need that. What the hell was I thinking? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, we uh, we unfortunately lost an actor due to uh, another opportunity, um, and so I I'm now in the piece as well. And so now that I'm uh, in the piece, it's like it's even more collaborative because it's just the four of us now. Yeah. And we don't have anybody really watching from the outside, so we just kind of have to, we, we only have each other, yeah. and so we're, yeah. we're just, like, making it work. Interesting to see that different perspective, I bet, Yeah. From, for you to have been working on it, obviously not as an outsider, but not being in, physically in it, to then change and see it from the inside out, I bet that's different. It's, it's kind of a... You know, like, talking about your brain hurting. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's like, (laughs) all right, well, now I've got to wear the actor hat. But then, oh, this moment still needs attention. So let me, like, just, like, put on the director hat for a minute and just kind of, like, lean out and look at it. And it's like, okay, make make a mental note. We'll go back and work that later. It's it's just, it's a lot of split focus. And, um, but, you know, now that we're into, like, really kind of crunch time or or tech week, um, you know, I've, I've got friends that are going to come in that I trust that are going to be like, you know, just an outside eye to just kind of be like, Mm -hmm. you know, well, this is working or this isn't working or like, what is going on with that stage picture? (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's helpful. Yeah. Bring in another perspective. Um, do you plan to work it at all in between? So you have a performance November 8th and then another performance on November 20th. Yeah. In the in-between time, are you planning to workshop it at all and take a look at what what you felt went well the first night? No. Cool. Um, <laughs> and that's just because um, I'll be in rehearsals for another show, and the other actors will have their own projects yeah. and things. Yeah. So uh, we will have a pickup rehearsal because we have like 12 days between right. the two yeah. performances. But um, as far as like continuing to develop the piece in that 12-day period, that's... Not something I had anticipated. Yeah. <laughs> Do you plan to afterwards? Do you want to... Probably at some point. Revisit? Yeah. Um, like, I already know that I'm going to... I plan to submit it to um, to Annex Theater for... Uh, cool. For an off-night show. Uh-huh. You know, because it's the right length for that. And, um, you know, and we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, as I'm like... I'm very blessed that I've, I've got a lot of work lined up, so... You know, probably once this thing is done, yeah, like problem. once this thing is done um, on the twentieth, I'm just gonna be like, let's put this away for a while because yeah, get some distance. Yeah, 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 but distance is so important. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this one is ready for some distance. We're not there yet, but it's ready. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and you, I mean, every time I finish a project, I continue to, you know, it grows within me long after it's. Yeah. It's over. Well, so. I was just reading something interesting that apparently Shakespeare himself hated rewrites. Huh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. There you go. I was like, huh. 
He got it right the first time, and then he was just done. Or he was just like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. It's good, it's good enough. <laughs> I would like to yeah. think it's more that, you know? Because like, we have this, like, notion of Shakespeare. He's, like, achieved this sort of legendary mythical oh, status. Yeah. And, but, you know, like, a lot of the, the history points to him being more of a... Uh, a, a drunken screw up. Totally. Uh, yeah, just cranking him out. <laughs> who happened to like have a gift with the language and could say some really, you know, just deep poetic things about yeah. humanity. <laughs> yeah. In all its forms. Yeah. Too. It's, it's like, not. It's so funny. When yeah. I, I, pref- I prefer the the Shakespeare sitting at the bar than the Shakespeare yeah. up on a pedestal. Yeah. So I like the fact that he was like, "It's good enough." Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's comforting too. It's like. Freeze you in his work yeah. to have the same sort of like I don't know you don't have to you don't have to get it right there isn't a right it's just do what you do yeah and and I think you know a lot of a lot of times with with artists of, of all stripes mm-hmm. it's you know we tend to be very impulsive instinctual creatures and and a lot of times the that initial instinctual response or that impulse is, is what you end up coming back to after spending all this time, you know, trying different things and weeding, trying to find, you know, or eliminate what's not going to work or what is, you know. But but you, it seems to me you often come back to that initial spark, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, well, I was I was right from the get go, so I should just trust that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that you're looking at your other work in a different way after this process and? different acting work from a sort of more devised perspective um, in creating roles and creating characters? I don't think so. Because um, I, like, I typically don't do a lot of devised stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the projects that I work on as an actor are already structured. Um, yeah. And the script is there, and you just kind of show up, you learn your lines, and you, you, you bust it out. And, um, so, and I think because I'm still... In the thick of this one, yeah. that I don't have that that uh, perspective on it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has, you know, like as far as creating pieces, it's definitely given me uh, ideas for other pieces I might want to explore developing, or you know, just like going into <clears throat> you know future rehearsal processes as like a director. I've, I've definitely learned a lot mm-hmm. from from that side of things because I. I've done significantly more acting work than I have done directing work. So that's like a, a new, I guess, phase of my career. There. Yeah. And so definitely learning a lot about that <laughs> every single day. Yeah. <laughs> it's different, I imagine. Yeah, it's a different headspace. Yeah. And I, I would imagine that then makes you relate to other directors differently, having been in those shoes a little bit. And mm-hmm. as an actor, you might have a different way of uh, communicating. Yeah. I found that, like, from my time on, like, the production side of the table that, you know, being a producer, being a director has actually made me uh, a better actor, mm-hmm. um, and not better at at the craft, per se, but better as in, like, just easier to work with. Uh-huh. Um, you know, less, I'm less likely to, to get frustrated with, with things because yeah. I'm... I've been on the other side. I see the bigger picture. I know that I'm just like this one little piece fitting into this one little hole. Right. And that, like, there's all of these other things that have to happen. And, you know. For the common goal. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yep. um, 
I'm a big fan of the phrase "make it work," and mm-hmm. you know, like, just make it work. Yes. <laughs> I don't really know the answer, but but find a way to make it work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, you have ideas for some new device pieces in the future that you want to dive into? They're up there. Shakespeare. Uh, yeah, I mean, Based? yeah. Do you think uh, is that something you want to stick with, or? I mean, it it definitely fits with like the whole notion of the of the free Shakespeare of yeah. the of the company, which is yeah. um, which is more about liberating Shakespeare. The, mm-hmm. the logo is a Shakespeare mugshot. Um, we have an ISF shirt that says "Free Will." That's uh, Shakespeare behind bars. I'll uh, get you one of those. Nice, nice. I, <laughs> I would love one of those. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because, you know, with the, the fool um, thing, uh, you know, and people are like, oh, like, which character, are you going to use Falstaff? And it's like, well, you know, um, Falstaff is kind of in a class of his own. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you could very easily, if you wanted to, make a piece that was based off of Falstaff. Uh, then there's, like, Bastards. Right, if uh-huh. you if you did this like same process, yeah, I took with, that'd be cool. With some fool to the bastards, um, you know yeah, the uh, those. <laughs> the uh, good lord, the women of Shakespeare. Like, well, there's a lot of different types of women in Shakespeare. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, so you could have. I mean, that would be a, a much more in-depth, lengthy exploration. But yes, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, but it's like. It, it really is. The, the possibilities are are quite limitless mm-hmm. with what you can do if if you just yeah. I mean, yeah. you could do one about the kings or about mm-hmm. the lovers or you know yeah. Like, yeah. That's great. Well, I can't wait to see all of those. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I uh, stick with it and yeah. they'll, they'll come to fruition. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite fool after this process? Mm. Or a few? I mean, or what do you love about each fool? What uh, What drew you to the ones that you chose to focus on? Aside from being uh, less specific in their language. Yeah, I mean, well, as I was going through, like, I there's this book called Shakespeare A to Z, which is basically like an encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. And so I would just look up each play and go through the, the scene breakdown and, and figure out, like, you know, if A, look for a character that was just called clown or fool, like you get in uh, Anthony and Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. The, it's just clown. The mm-hmm. Gravediggers and Hamlet, they're just listed as clown. Yeah. Um, and, and then, um, shoot, lost my train of thought. I was afraid that was going to happen. <laughs> it, it's almost happened like three times prior to this. So, <laughs> um, the question was just um, favorite. Ah, songs, right. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I can't remember if, if like I've definitely Touchstone from As You Like yeah. It has kind of become one of my favorites. Uh, a lot of his stuff has ended up in the piece. It's been cool. very very helpful to the story that has emerged. Uh, there's, uh, I think it's Thersides from Troilus and Cressida, maybe. I might be wrong on that. Uh, but there's one from one of the more Greek-centric plays that's mm-hmm. just, like... He's got some of the best insults. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and just some like really kind of like vulgar, evocative language that's mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> yeah. Some of that's made it in. Um, yeah. Do you find there to be a, a pretty specific clown character in every play in the canon? Uh, no, there's, there's a handful that don't have any. Mm-hmm. Um, like Comedy of Errors. There are no... Nobody that, like, functions in the traditional capacity. Huh. Because uh, people are like, well, what about the Dromios? And it's like... Uh, and again, according to this book, because I am not a scholar, I, I take what the other yeah. smart people say yeah. and, and use it to my advantage. Uh, there, was, there was none in that. Um, What's the... What is the traditional function of the clown? From that uh, standpoint. Oh, man. These hard questions. Sorry. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Well, it's inter- it, that's interesting because well, I de- like Dromeo is hilarious and, yeah. and provides a lot of, um, but I guess the truth telling aspect of it is not as much a part of his character. Yeah, I, you know, this is probably where I'm really going to sound like a hack. Because um, <laughs> uh, it really was just like this, the way that this book broke it down, it was like, uh-huh. you know. Dromeo is 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 a is a, is a specific character in, uh-huh. in serving this function in the plot um, with the the twin storylines and then, um, but like, Midsummer, you know, uh, you could make the argument that all of the the rustics or the mechanicals are clowns, but Bottom was very specifically referred to mm-hmm. as a clown, mm-hmm. um, and the clowns are the ones that like will screw up the language unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, like his whole, the eye of man hath not right. heard, the ear of man hath not seen. Yeah. You know, those kind of like malapropisms uh-huh. and, and screwing up the language. That's that's how like the clowns really function. Uh, whereas they, so the clowns are not as much about telling the truth to the power. They're just kind of like simple, okay. simple the rustic. Fools are more, the fools are the Yeah, the fools are, yeah. And, um, and really the, so like Festy from yeah. uh, from Twelfth Night, mm-hmm. who, funnily enough, in a lot of versions of the text is listed as clown, as his character name, even though the function he serves is that of fool. Hmm. So you know it's like there's there's a whole bunch of contradictions yeah. within yeah. the canon itself and and the different versions of it, um, and then you know obviously the fool from Lear who is the only one, aside from Kent, who yeah. is like just straight up to Lear about the. Yeah. Terrible, terrible choices he's making. <laughs> it's a good friend. Yeah. It's a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Are there any, can you think of any shows that you looked at that have both? Mm. Both a clown and a fool? Uh-huh. Not from, like, the way I approached this project. Mm-hmm. There's probably somebody out there that could be like, well, this Well, I'm sure, yeah, has, the argument uh, can be made for... Yeah, um, but not not that I found. It was uh-huh. it t- tended to be either one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly in, in staging-wise, like, maybe As You Like It would come close because Touchstone is more of the fool variety. And then as he goes into the forest and he's interacting with, like, the, the shepherds and the, the rural folk... Um, mm-hmm. You kind of have that juxtaposition there with that mm-hmm. kind of like country bumpkin nature, right? Well, and Audrey is 
She's got some funny language stuff, doesn't she? Uh, yes, she does. I think she, I think, I, I, I'm only beginning to relook at that play. <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> for me, but. Well, there's a couple versions of it happening in Seattle in the next couple months. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love, I love that play a lot. Um, hmm. That's so interesting. I, the difference between the two, between clown versus fool and the purposes they serve. Um, do you find that clowns are generally more common in comedy versus in tragedies or vice versa? Hmm. They, they show up in the tragedies, but they usually only show up, uh, and I guess this is more clowns, uh-huh. uh, they show up like once. For like one scene, they make a cameo, like like the porter yeah. in, in the Scottish play. Uh-huh. I'm gonna say that because I'm. Uh, we we're, are we're in actually theater. inside we of the theater right the now. Theater, so. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, or or the you know, there's a clown and a fellow that gets cut a lot. Uh-huh. Um, that he comes and he's like dealing with uh, with Cassius or wait, not Cassius, Cassio. Yeah. Yeah. Cassio. Cassio is an Othello. Cassius is yes. in Caesar. Caesar. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, <laughs> you know, or like the clown in Antony and Cleopatra that shows mm-hmm. up at the end with the snake. In Titus, there's a clown that shows up with like a basket of his dead children or something awesome. like that. Yeah, yeah. Titus. <laughs> Man. Whereas I think the fools tend to be more, more in multiple scenes. I mean, okay, uh-huh. so I just shot my argument in the foot though thinking about like Dogberry and Bottom, but... As clowns, yeah, being in, but those are those are clowns throughout. that are given names as opposed to a clown that is just listed as clown. a clown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, huh? That's cool. Do you find that um, you want to play more of them now? <laughs> it within context of the place that they're from. Uh, yeah, actually, there's to... there's some some of the pieces where I was like, some of the, the chunks of text, and I was like, well, this would make a really good audition piece. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm going to, you know, I made mental notes of those and nice. kind of filed them away. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm a very physical actor, so, you know, to, to do a role like a clown or a fool that, in, in my opinion, would, would require a lot of, like, physical comedy and, and mm-hmm. strong physicality. Uh, I love doing those kinds of roles. They're they're a ton of fun. Um, there's a play called Thirty Nine Steps, mm-hmm. uh, based on the Hitchcock film, and it's mm-hmm. for four actors. Uh, and two of the actors are just listed as clowns, and they play like between them like forty different characters. Right. And that was yeah. what I played was one of the clowns. So that was really fun. You know, just all the different things that you can do. And um, yeah, looking back on that, do you find there to be a connection between? that sort of clown in 39 Steps and Shakespeare's clowns? Is that a term that uh, connects the two? Um, I haven't seen the play before. Yeah. Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hedge my bets here. Um, <laughs> yeah, because that, 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 that function of, of a clown or a fool, like it, it goes way back. In, yeah. Like pretty much yeah. to the beginning of, of drama and, and yep. of storytelling, and um, 
so they, they all... Well, the, the truth teller, I, I mean, oftentimes I think the fool serves the role of the chorus a little bit of Greek tragedy, tragedy being the, um, the kind of lens of truth for the audience. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, especially in Lear, I think that that happens a lot uh, with Lear's fool being the way the audience can connect the dots, sort of, and, and know what's true. And um, certainly the chorus does that in Greek tragedy. So, I, yeah, I think that grew out of that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that happened. I don't know. Hard to say. Wasn't around, so... I mean, it's all related. Yeah. Everything's connected. Yeah, yeah. In, in some way, shape, or form. It's like there's, yeah. there's really, like... No, no new concepts that are coming out. Everything's just kind of like a re, re-envisioning of something, you know, like yeah. this full piece. It's, it's not new. It's just a rearrangement. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's all Shakespeare's text, though, yeah? Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. There are, like, very few moments where I've changed uh, the phrasing, and it's only very slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's like 99% all Shakespeare's language. Wow. That's so rad. I just, <laughs> like, just as an exercise to, like, do that. And then to actually put it on its feet is so... <sighs> Good job. Well, thanks. <laughs> That's awesome. I just... I, it seems like it would be very easy with uh, a project like this to... It's a great concept and great idea, but so daunting to actually... I can't imagine, like, when you actually started working on it, like, deciding to continue. <laughs> Just because it seems like, it seems like such a big undertaking, and well, I don't know. Truth I, be told, like, had I not submitted it for this festival, and, before had, it. <laughs> and had two performance dates that I was committed to, yeah, I probably would have given up on it, because, like, as I started just, just pulling the stuff out of context, I was like, that alone took me... Uh, a couple weeks, yeah. you know, just because you can only do it for so long before your eyes start to cross and you want to throw your computer across the room. Um, funnily enough, that's my relationship to most computers, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I guess, you know, the, the fact that I, like, had yeah. these, these deadlines that I, I put on, I don't know, like, I was, I was talking to my brother about it, and, um, uh, this was before I finished the script, but I had the performances. He's like, wait, you have performances for a script you haven't written yet? And I was like, yes, I do. How does like, that work? He was like, that is ballsy. And I was like, is it? I guess, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I just, just did it. it figured, you know. It <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I don't think things through. Um, well, sometimes it's better that way. Right, Just yes. jump in. Because then once you're in it, it's like, well, I'm... I'm too far down the rabbit hole right. now. Yeah. Then you have to. <laughs> Gotta go find that blue pill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or I'm stuck like this. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> Are you finding uh, that fool type characters, kind of going back to what we were talking about, fool type characters um, stand out to you more in modern works too, in film and uh, and in plays, having kind of dove so deep into uh, um, how they serve Shakespeare's plays. 
I'm sure as I move forward with projects, I'm going to notice, yeah, you know, traits yeah. and patterns uh, a lot more readily. Um, you know, at this point, no, because I haven't really been working on mm-hmm. anything else but Dracula, uh, where I'm just like, you know, Lucy's fiance, and it's a pretty, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a grieving lord that has to kill a vampire. It's like pretty straightforward. <laughs> Not, yeah. And there's not a lot of fooling happening there. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, because I've pretty much, uh, you know, by the time, I guess, this people hear this, Dracula will be closed. But I'll be, have been in, you know, Victorian England for like 10 weeks. Uh, so I've kind of been working on them both simultaneously. <laughs> that sounds like a challenge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I figured once I got the lines down for Dracula, then I could spend more of my thought energy on yeah. the film piece. And then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Um, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced in, in putting together Supfool? Um, it's, it's a vague question, but... <laughs> yeah, well, um, it's... The, the challenges that, that any uh, self-producing artist with with no budget or bank account is gonna yeah, is gonna face money. yeah um, you know like casting the show was was tricky took me um, took me longer to do that than I had thought it was going to are these mostly actors that you've worked with before or did you have an audition process um, uh, the more uh, the, the actors I'd worked with before uh-huh. um, I wasn't quite sure how to audition for, for a, a piece like piece. this yeah, yeah. like. So I thought, you know, given the the time frame and the schedule we were on, as tight as it was, that I would I, I needed for my comfort and sanity people that I I knew that I'd yeah. worked with or you know friends of a friend, mm-hmm. that, you know, so there was at least some vouching that could happen. Um, and then so that was one challenge uh, finding uh, rehearsal space when you don't have any money to to rent one was also a challenge. Um, luckily, you know, for the most part, we've, we've been able to figure it out. We did a good bit in my living room and then <laughs> also called in some favors from some people. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of my actors, uh, Lisa Vertel was instrumental in helping to secure some space. So thank you, Lisa. Lisa, the, that's Lisa, the line butcher for the keeping <laughs> score. <laughs> she's a big help. She's, she's been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then just like shifting from writer into director, mm-hmm. um, that was a, a weird transition for me. And then now shifting into the cast after, you know, they, we've been rehearsing for, for a couple of weeks. And when I say a couple of weeks, what that really means is like, you know, maybe four rehearsals. Um, That's all you've had? Well, no, at this point we've had a few more. Okay. Um, and we've, we've had you jumped in at yeah. a couple. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, luckily, you know, when I jumped in and had to like partially remove the director hat, uh, we had already had everything on its feet. So we had uh-huh. the shape of the piece. So it was really just kind of plugging me into that and then um, just trying to, to make it work from there. But, yeah. But there's always going to be challenges. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, even... You know, if I had, if I was working with like a, a, a staff of people and a budget, there would be like a whole different set of challenges. Still challenges. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you just gotta 
you know, suck it up and, and do the best you can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's never easy. Theater is never... <laughs> nope. Like for anyone, I don't think that's is, ever going to be a thing. And it is not possible to do it on your own. It's just not. Yeah. There's, it's not possible. Yeah. Even if you're doing a one-person show. Did you think of this being a one-person show at all? Did no, that... no. Not... No, I always wanted it to be cool. an, an ensemble piece. That's awesome. Yeah. That makes sense. I think it's a very... I mean, the fools, are, so much of what they do it depends on interacting. Yeah. And... So much of what they do is this, like, witty back and forth yeah, with yeah. whoever they're talking to. Right. Uh, which made it really interesting when you pulled everything oh, man. out. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Because like, like, all you get are one side of the conversation. And so yeah. you've got, like, one side of one conversation from play A, and then you're, like, infusing that with one side of a conversation from play B, and then you're also layering in, you know, things from play C and D and E and F. Yeah. <laughs> what a trip. <laughs> I'm just, like, I'm, I I'm, was... I don't know. I had a thought that maybe I would have a clearer idea of what to expect <laughs> from talking to you about it. And I am even more excited than I was, but I just <laughs> feel even more like, oh, what am I going to be in for? I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, hopefully, you know, like I want the audience to, to, to leave, uh, to leave the show, you know, a having had a good time. Uh, and B, to, you know, with, like, a deeper appreciation for Shakespeare's language. Yeah. Like, oh, that's Shakespeare? Oh. Or, like, that was really funny. Or, uh -huh. you know, or, like, you know, yeah. like, if somebody leaves Sup Fool and they want to go read a Shakespeare play or see a Shakespeare play, and, and this is the reason why, it's like... Bravo. You know, that's, yeah. Yes. That's what it's really all about. Yeah. It's like, you know, finding that spark, what's going to... What's going to get somebody else excited about it? Uh, especially somebody who might think it's stupid or boring or archaic or... Um, they're wrong! Yeah, so they're wrong. absolutely wrong. <laughs> yeah. I just love that you started, rather than with, like, I'm going to tell this story through this lens and it's going to... Here's the moral. It's just, what if? What if I do this? That's... I, I think a great place to start from. Just see if it's successful. <laughs> see if it works. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's it is a fun place to start from. Yeah. And uh, you know, one of one of the components about this piece uh, is there's a drinking game that the audience can play. Oh, great. Yes. <laughs> uh, which I think um, you know somebody like you who is is more familiar with the canon is gonna. Uh, it's really if you're a Shakespeare scholar, you're gonna. You're going to leave this thing feeling well, pretty good. Do we get to know beforehand, or is uh, it a, like a surprise when we get there? Yeah, what so the I've, I've, got, I've got three rules okay, for the great. drinking game. Okay, great. Tell us. Um, and, and so, you know, at, at the Pocket Theater, you can purchase a drink uh -huh. and take it into the theater. And I'm, I'm going to encourage audience members, if they want to play the drinking game, to bring in two, uh, two drinks. Great plan. Yeah. Because anytime you hear the word fool, or a variation of the word fool, uh -huh. you get to take a drink. Great. Anytime a character on stage takes a drink... <laughs> you get to take a drink. Awesome. And anytime you recognize a play that one of the lines is from, you get to oh, take a drink. Oh, yeah. So, like, the, the really literate audience members, if they're playing along with the drinking <laughs> game, they're also going to be uh, very lit. Yeah. <laughs> Man, who's going to be my DD that night? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
I think I'll bring my husband and there you go. Him do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'll probably want to play though. That's gonna be tough. <laughs> well, it's only an, it's, it's only like a forty-five minute piece, right? So yeah, you, you so could, not too bad. You can only not... <laughs> drink so much, and then there's plenty of restaurants nearby, so you can go and get some food. That's so that's <laughs> hilarious. That's I love it. Uh, where can people find out more about this? You have a Facebook event, is um, that, yeah. That's so the, and there are tickets available online. So if you go to the Pocket Theater's website, which is just thepocket.org. Pocket like pants pocket. Yes. Theater.org. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, R-E or E-R? Uh, it's just thepocket.org. Oh, thepocket.org. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so once you get on the Pocket's website, you can look at their event calendar um, and click on either November 8th or November 20th, and you can buy tickets online if you want. If you're on Facebook, um, you know, Pocket Theater has a Facebook page, and there's an event page that they've set up for Subfool. Um uh, the, the free Shakespeare Facebook page, which is just facebook.com slash spread the words. Um, Love it. And we've got, you know, I've got a couple links up to the the event there. Um, cool. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty much either the Pockets website or on Facebook or you've heard this podcast or you've seen one of my ridiculously do-it-yourself flyers <laughs> with the picture of Mr. T on yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It's really, it's good. Yep. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, and how many does the pocket seat? 50. 50, so pretty small. Yeah. So get tickets. Get tickets. Come and see it. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I thank you so much. I can't wait. This was fun. It. I can't wait for you to see it either. I, I also can't wait for me to finish memorizing my life. <laughs> Yeah, um, have fun with that. Minor That's details. A, you, yeah, you know, it's, you wrote it, right? So, like, right. ish. Yeah. Well, it's funny, so, now that I'm memorizing, I knew, like, when I handed this script to the actors that it was going to be difficult to memorize, and now that I'm having to do it, I'm like, I've got to do something very nice like, for my oh, cast. I'm an asshole. Because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so. I bet, because it, I mean, it seems like it'd be pretty tough. You were saying there's one conversation conversation happening and then another conversation happening but they're relating to each other yeah, yeah. so strangely enough it, it does kind of work i yeah i can't wait to see yeah. <laughs> i i hear it's you that it works and I, I in some way it must i i mean that's so cool i just yeah i'm excited <laughs> I'm really excited. This is like more excited than I've been in a long time to see a show. Oh, like, that's so awesome. So stoked. <laughs> oh, yay. It's going to be cool. <laughs> so uh, November 8th and 20th, they are, uh, November 8th, it's at 8 p.m., November 20th at 10 p.m. Correct. It's uh, The 8th is a Sunday, and the 20th is a Friday. Cool. Fun fact, the 20th is the day after my birthday. So oh, fun. if anybody wants to help celebrate my birthday, yeah, come see my that's show. The one to, that's <laughs> the one to be at. Yeah. Okay. Fun. That's actually probably more doable for me. But awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. Do you have any final words you'd like to say? I'll, I'll <laughs> leave you with... Uh, with a nice quote. Oh, yes, from, please. From, uh, let me see if I can find it. It's not quite memorized, so I don't want to paraphrase <laughs> it. Here we go. Foolery, sir, does walk about the orb like the sun. It shines everywhere.
Beautiful. And Thank I feel like you. that's kind of the point of the piece. We're awesome. all fools. I love it. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank Come you get your so full much. on. I plan to, and I will bring uh, everyone that I can. Everyone from Whitby. Everyone. <laughs> Whitby Island, Island will be there, so it'll, you know, <laughs> that'll be tough. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you.